We're on page Tessa, the Maimur, the second parak of Kuntus Avoidus, if Gimel, the third chalik of this, where the Rabbi Rashab was talking about, the first part was talking about Haggadorah, particularly in the Chush of Ve'i of seeing. Here, the Rabbi begins this chalik of the Maimur with Haggadorah and Chush Hashmiyah and hearing and listening and then he also mentions Dibur, the other Chushim all Chushim Diburim and so on to be Mugdar in all of one's Chushim and all of one in all of one's Kaiches Pachet Elokim and the the Rabbi here is bringing us closer to the main Nakuda of this Chelik of the Kuntra Savayda which is in other words, the Rabbi is telling us that we should be mugdar in our with our chushim, that we should we should be we should have this wall that keeps us away from seeing the wrong things and listening to the wrong things and saying the wrong things. But how does one have the strength to do that? From where do we take the kaiches to do that? So we're on page tests in the middle of the page, V'hu ingin kabbalos ha-malchus shemayim. Here the Rabbi begins, begins to explain the ingin of kabbalos ha-malchus shemayim. Of accepting upon ourselves the ol, the yoke of of malchus shemayim. V'hu ingin kabbalos ha-malchus shemayim. K'ahipuch minzehu prikas ol. In the in the terminology of halacha or of Musa, the opposite of kabbalas al malchus is prikas al kabbalas al to accept upon oneself but the all prikas al or to remove it. Like in this week's parsha, parsha's mishpatim, there's the mitzvah of prika and teina when there's the animal of a person is is uh, if either that the person needs help to load the animal up, he needs help with his bags and so on, so that's called te'ina, the mitzvah of te'ina. Or if the animal is is if the animal is having a hard time under the burden of that uh, package, so then there's a mitzvah of, of prika. Prika means to remove a burden. So the opposite of kabbalos al machus is God forbid prikas of the removal of that weight from your shoulders, the weight of your shemaim of of malchus shemaim, and what kind of a person is that? It's a person that goes and does what he wants, does what he wants bishriusli according to the desire of his own heart. Page test, the second part of the page. And he fills his tithes Whatever he likes Whatever he's able to get away with It doesn't only mean It's not only talking about disgusting things You know, stuff could also have all kinds of Echsherim and things like that too But in that, in that world that he's in he has a taiva, so he, he indulges. 
And the Rebbe says, it doesn't only mean, by the way, a person who actually goes and physically indulges in that taiva. That, of course, is the worst thing. But it's not that. It's not only. That's not the only thing that's called prikas all. So what else could there be? So he says, Kim gam hapsicha b'chushim shaloi. Means if you're open for business, that's also called prikasal. I mean, it means you're not going to go and do that thing because of A, B, or C. Whatever it is, there are other things. There are other things that are in the way. Even you know, you know, you don't want to uh, hurt your reputation. You don't want to hurt your family. You don't want to. You don't want to. Uh, destroy you don't want to, to, to destroy your your, your status in, 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 in the chavr whatever it might be, all kinds of chashbayinus but the Emma says that that the Rebbe says that this person is he has he's open, he's open he doesn't have upon himself an all there's a psiche b'chushim shalai his chushim, meaning his senses, are open for business. Right now, he might not be saying anything that's forbidden. It's not kedai for him to say something that's bad, or it's not the time. But normally, he says kol. He says he doesn't watch his speech. Guarding one's speech doesn't only mean not to the pile, not to actually say a lie or lashon hara or achilus and so on. Guarding one's speech means being conscious of when you say things and when you don't say things. It means being careful with your speech. So there's a person whatever comes into his head, whatever he feels like saying. He, whatever he feels like saying, he says. He says, if there's at least a minimum audience of one person, even that one person is not really listening, it doesn't make a difference. It's al ruchai. He doesn't really have. He doesn't really, as I used the marshal weeks ago. It's not like he has each of his words stop off at customs, and that he's making a chesed. What am I saying now? To stop and to think: Should I say this? Shouldn't I say this? He's not mugdown. He might not be saying anything bad now. He's fine. It could be he's not even saying a word now. He's quiet. But should there be any opportunity, should there be anything, see, he's, he's, uh, he's not mugdabidiburo. He doesn't guard his words. He doesn't watch what he says. And if there's anything, so he'll say, or make us a comment or a crack, or whatever. He doesn't have a cheshben of what he says. That's also... The Rebbe, the Rebbe says that's also a madrig of prikas all. He doesn't feel upon himself the responsibility to to measure and to weigh and to think about uh, the words that come out of his mouth. That's also a madrig of prikas all. Even though he's not saying anything terrible and he, he wouldn't say necessarily something terrible, but he's not mugder in the diva. There's no just. Just comes out. Things come out. He says, the person finds himself saying all the time, I shouldn't have said that. I don't know. I, I'm sorry I said that. I didn't say it. 
I didn't. Uh, I, I, I like they now say that politicians. I I misspoke. It's a new a new concept that used to be called I lied. <laughs> they have a new thing. It was a few months ago I saw this in the newspaper. It wasn't like it was a an idler thing. It was a trusted lie, and the guy said it could be could be that I misspoke. There is such a nusach to say I misspoke, like a machine, something that went wrong. Not like I, I lied. No, I misspoke. Usually they, they don't say they, this is probably more honest because usually they say you misunderstood me. <laughs> so I didn't miss anything. You misunderstood me. You took it out of context. You took it out of context, which of course they, it's true. I mean the media. They're competing for who the biggest lawyers, the two, you know, the either politicians and the media. It's a, it's a, it's a very close race. But I, I misspoke. You misunderstood. It was taken out of context. It was a, that person's not mugder in his for the other things. So right now, there's nothing to look at. So he's in a place where there's nothing interesting to see. But lu yitzuya, there'd be something. Right, so he, Hashem, he said, this person, he's at a point where he got rid of the television, so he doesn't have a television. But if he'd be someplace, there'd be, so he would look. Or if there'd be a, 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 a convert, it wouldn't be only a, a televised, there'd be something live, he would look. <coughs> so he's not Be'emis Mugdar in this, he's not Mugdar, he doesn't have walls. He doesn't have a wall. He doesn't live in the in, in, in Shushan Habir. You understand? When it comes to when it comes to his eyes, it's just that he's he's doing the right thing. He's taking good steps to try to make it better. That's certainly to be rewarded and it's commendable. He's doing the right thing, but he's not a mugder in his kohariyah. If it happens to be there, he'll see. He'll look. If it's there, it's just right now. He's, it's not here. He's not. But at certain times, he'll be more careful and elul and. But otherwise, he's not mugder in that. His his chushim, his senses, are open. And if it comes down to it, if the opportunity presents itself, and it might it will be, let's say, he'll be with people that are maybe not so chashiv. You know, he'll meet up with an old friend that he knew in the old days before he got so religious. He'll say something that he shouldn't say. He wouldn't say it now with a certain chayv, but, but he'll say if he meets up with somebody, uh, he'll say he's not the chayim lishmor v'liras hakol. He's open to hearing anything. He's open to seeing anything. He's open for business. Shehein hasharim v'hamakarim amavim l'day taiva. These are the gates and the sources of of that which brings a person to to do. To Tivus, and it was the eyes being opened, the ears being opened, the mouth being opened, and so on. That it's not a it's not it's not only that it begins. I have a person has a Tiva and now he looks for something. No, he says if your eyes are open for business, then they're going to be Tivus. If your eyes are open, then that means that you're it means that you're inviting you're inviting Tivus, you're inviting things that you're going to want. Same thing if your ears are open to everything. You're going to be asking for trouble. You're going, to, you're going to hear things that you shouldn't be hearing. And they'll be tithes. Shein ha-shar v'amakarma ha-mivim l'day tithe v'l'day ra-gomer v'achmar l'aslam kanal. 
So why is a person this way? Why is he open for business? Why is it that his why is it that his eyes why is it that his eyes are if not searching for but certainly um, certainly agreeable to something that he shouldn't be looking at? The ears are open for hearing something that he hearing something that he shouldn't hear. Why is that? So there he says. It's because it's because he has cast off of himself which the Rebbe defines in the next see if we're going to learn in, in a few minutes. It's because the person has removed from himself this this all of Malchushamaim. He's removed it from himself. So therefore, as a result of that, Shukmo Khabshila Atsmai. So he's free. He feels that he's free to look at and to listen to what he what he feels like looking at and watching and seeing and hearing and so on. And 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 in in modern in in modern Eretz Israel in modern Israel they they call people who are not religious chavshin chavshi. It's a terrible it's a terrible uh, a, a terrible lashon. Chavshi means free, free, not a slave. Chavshi. You want me to sing it? You want me to sing you this song? You never heard of that? It's a famous song. You never heard, you can't recognize it because of the way I sing it, that's why. If the non will sing it, you recognize it. I can't sing, so that's why it doesn't sound. Hatikva. You heard of that song? The national anthem. And it is talking about in a bad way being free. What do you uh, we 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 could be Muhammad Schus yeah. on the on the Apikarsim who wrote that song. We could be Muhammad Schus on the people who put that together and say that they only meant that we should be free from the non-Jewish oppressors. That's not what was meant by it. It was meant on one level. The pnimius of that is lios liot am chavshi altogether. Chavshi in in modern Hebrew is the code word for non-religious. That's what chavshi means. You tell you, you ask somebody in Eretz Yisrael, you ask somebody in Eretz Yisrael, "Hayim ata chavshi?" They'll say, "La, ni dati." No, I'm religious. Chavshi and chiloni, which are both horrible words, horrible words. Chiloni is the word chol, means uh, secular, profane. But chavshi, chavshi, and I, I've seen that even religious people start to use this. It became part of the vocabulary in Eretz Yisrael, like many of the uh, uh, words that are not holy. That crept into into the vocabulary in 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 uh, Israelis, so they use the word for a non-religious person as somebody who's chavshi. What does it mean It means that you, you're a religious person, you're you're a you're a slave. Which Baruch Hashem, we take. We're, we're proud of that. Baruch Hashem. How about Yiddish, Rebbe? Hmm. How about Yiddish? What about oh, in Yiddish, a fry. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How does that translate? Free. It means to be free, to be free. In Yiddish, you see, it was used in Yiddish. It was, it originally was used in a derogatory way. When they said this, is a Yid, it meant to say, it meant to say that he has freed himself of Tiramisus, but it was meant as a derogatory, as a derogatory thing. So, but I guess translating that into the into the into Hebrew, when they said Chavshi. But now it became a badge of honor by the non-religious to say, Ani Chavshi. 
I am free. That was that wasn't that wasn't originally uh, in Yiddish. Uh, I'm glad you pointed out in Yiddish that that wasn't meant as a compliment as a Freya Yid. But it's but even in the Yiddish it's chaval. It's chaval. It's not it's not a good. It doesn't sound it doesn't sound good because it's because it gives the it implies it implies uh, it sounds like it might be something positive when in fact it's not, right? We're avodim, we're avde Hashem. That's true, and it was meant uh, as a derogatory thing to say he's fry. He's a person that has freed himself. He's made himself into chavshi. But in this parsha, it's a hafti as Lo, I'd say chavshi, right? And the person says, I do not want to go out and be free. That he made himself into a slave of of. Physical things to physical things. Lo etzechavshi. The freest person is a person, of course, that we learned that that's a person of, that's makabel amachal shemayim. Sturbi talks about. At any rate, this is the meaning of the word. This is what it means to be parek all. The Rebbe says, when they prekas all amachal shemayim shul kamachavshi laatzmo. And he says in the Yiddish, zeh fry, fry by zich. He, he says, "Erfilt kein He doesn't feel any all upon himself. He doesn't feel any burden upon himself. He feels that he's he's free to do what he wants. He's free to do what he wants. Again, so for a person who's not religious, he takes that as something which is good. Uh, the the old-fashioned Jews that they're, they're burdened with the with their Yiddishkeit and with their mitzvahs and with their guilt and so on. And I'm a free man. I'm free of all of that." The your name means means what it really means is that a Jew who's free is a person who's free from Zetzar. That's what it means to be free. But that but this is how it's used in that context of prikas all Malchus Shemaim Hashem Yuachim. Person does so the person does Mashali by Khafitz. He does what he he does what he feels like doing. Let's just finish this this page Yud. Then we'll come back to the notes. It's just two small notes. You see this in the nature of people. You can see that the way that a person is when he's by himself in his own house is very different to A person feels person feels very different when he's in his own house and when he's with other people. For culture can in Culture can how much more so when he's in Gedalim Menem, when he's with Khashiva people. When you're with Khashiva people you don't feel free, right? When you're with Khashiva people, Khashiva people you feel the all of thinking and saying the right thing and looking the right way and you're with Khashiva you're with Khashiva people. And the more chash of the person, the less relaxed you are, the less free you are when you're with chash of a people, or chash of a person. You're standing with a tzaddik, you're very nervous and anxious and conscious about how you talk, how you're talking and what you what you how you dressed and everything you're careful of. Mashani, when you're sitting by yourself, when you're sitting by yourself in your own house. Um, well, too, but there's such a gewaldige joke that I, I, I know from like 30 years ago, but I can't say it anymore. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
<laughs> it's one of those things. Like, what? No, no, it's even this I can't even say. You have to be mugged of a diva. I just, remember, just, I don't know, I haven't thought of it in so many years, but if Sikival did a good job. No, okay. That's, uh, it's like when the Tully Robinson said, when they asked them, how come, when the Tully never, they never saw him eating. I told you this many times. They never saw him Tully Robinson eat. He hardly ate, but he was very heavy. So they asked him, Reb Naftuli, how come you saw this? He says, I'm, I'm fat from all the jokes that I don't tell. <laughs> I have to keep inside me all these jokes. It's making me fat. That's what he said. The jokes I'm not allowed to tell. No, all right. Anyway, I call upon him. So the person is different. He says, commercial based on when he's by himself in his house. Much more so when he's with G'daylum and Toivim, he's with Choshev people. When you're with very Choshev people, use all of your Koiches, use all of your Koiches to, to hold back, to hold back, and to, and to, even though you're normally like a little bit less refined, let's say, or you're, you're, you're in your house, you know, you, you, you let loose, but you're with Choshev people, you're more careful. I, this I could say, you said, but I remember... That uh, I must tell you, I got years ago. I got stuck in London for a few days, and I don't mean this against anybody that's from that place. <laughs> okay, but I was I was I was in London. It was it was a very uh, it was a, I had a, actually the family that I got stuck there for Shabbos because there, it was one of these things when we were trying to get back from Israel to the states and there were long they couldn't get a flight. So I got stuck in London. I could have gone. I have very, very Hasidic relatives in Stamford Hill, but I, I didn't want to tell them that I was there or go there because they were very, very, very firm, and that would have kept me all not learning and all that. And I didn't want to get involved. And that was the truth that I wanted to be someplace where it was more free. <laughs> so I had some contact from Yeshiva, a guy from it's a cell that I once knew. And he, you know, if you're ever in London, why don't you give me a call? One of those things, which of course he never expected me to do. And hi, I called up. So uh, he had a very, very fancy uh, house in Golders Green. On the outside, it didn't look fancy, but inside it was very fancy. And it was like from an old movie, like they had a lady with a little thing on her thing, rolling around like carts with food, really like fancy. Yeah, like that, like very fancy, dressed up like in the old movies, you know what I mean? They're very fancy. And um, and I remember I remember that I sat down there Friday night at the table, and they were also very, very proper, this whole family, very proper. First of all, there were like 12 pieces of silverware. And I, yeah, things like this, silverware. And I'm trying to I'm trying to watch to see. I didn't know what I was going to do, like what I'm supposed to what I'm supposed to take. And everything along the way, like I was messing it up. I was saying things like, "Is there any ketchup?" And they all went, <clears throat> "I'm not coleslaw." <laughs> you know, I don't know, like nothing was good. Anything I said was they. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, we don't. Uh, no, we're not. It's more of an American thing. We don't. And I just, there was nothing, and also the worst thing was I wasn't feeling well, so I had to excuse myself, like from the table, and it was like silent, and when I got back it was also silence, and I said, everybody okay? I mean, <laughs> just continue with the meals? <laughs> I, I, I felt so out of sorts with these people, I remember feeling like every word, I had, I had to be so careful, I couldn't, and then I said a joke, like nobody left, and... It was a, it, I remember that was such an unpleasant, unpleasant Shabbos. I don't mean that chashon by all. It was that particular family that were very, very, 
proper. And I was, it's not like in my house, my parents was also, everything was nice, but not, I could decach, like to, not to, you know, how you sit, and everybody's like sitting a certain way. And I don't know, it was, I felt like it was, I felt like a slave over there. It was terrible. So, you have to, when you're with people that are choshev, where they act with a certain shivas, so then you, you know, you have to matzah some Yeah, you have to hold back. You have to hold back with all of your kaiches not to say things, not to, not to act, a, not to act a certain way, and to, to be a certain way. And and when you're with choshevah people, everything's with a cheshman. If you're sitting, if you're with a, if you're with a very choshevah, you could you could catch yourself right away when you when you're with a when you're talking to a friend. You're talking to a friend uh, uh, on the phone, and then a choshevah person walks into the room. You put your hand on the phone, and you right away say, "Oh," and you talk a different way to the friend. You just say, "And oh, uh, Rabbi, that's everything." You know, you, you, and everything's with a cheshman. Everything's with a cheshman. How you're standing, the lay shave, how you're sitting, you're watching every word that you're saying, you're careful with every word that you're saying. But when you're in your own house, this is one of the things that first that that was one of the first things that I noticed. Um, you know, so I grew up. Really, I grew up in a very proper home, a very proper, old-fashioned uh, European home. And and when I first met my wife and I came to the house, the Americans. I never in my life came to a place where I saw a parent with their feet up, like on the couch or on an ottoman, something like that. First of all, we weren't allowed to use the couches and stuff. <laughs> Only when relatives came. Only. Well, there's plastic on the we had plastic. We, did. <laughs> we had that. I know they joke about. It. We we did have. It was only the last ten years that uh, that that my mother took up. But but we we never sat in the living room. That was only when there was mishpacha or or something like that. somebody choshev came. Something that we sat in the living room. And I never ever saw my mother really ever with with her feet up. My father, Emel never, ever. And and also not like laughing out loud and talking out loud. It just wasn't. We, we grew up, it was like like in a museum or something. You know, it was like very quiet, very quiet, and everybody sits nice. And, and You know, if you want to lie down, you lie down in bed. If you don't lie down on a couch, there's no such thing. And I know it sounds strange to someone that's not from that background, but if you come from a European background, you understand what I'm talking about. And 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 then when I came to my wife's house, it's like they're having a bag of potato chips. My mother-in-law. That's why I first met her. She was having a bag of potato chips with her feet up on the thing. And I, I remember thinking, this is great. <laughs> I'm gonna have to marry this girl because I went out with one or two also Hungarian girls, and it was, and it was worse than my parents. And then I see this, my mother-in-law says. Like she offered me barbecue, plain. What do you like? It's <laughs> <laughs> my pains to open a bag of potato chips. My, 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 it made my father sick because he saw somebody putting their hands in somebody else's potato chips. <laughs> so my father said, "This Americans are 
across the country. <laughs> it's like great, it's vacation, <laughs> you know. But then you know how it is. I mean, then once you get older, you look back and you say, it was, it was nice by my parents. It was nice it was a certain way." And I try to tell my kids, but I have my American wife, you know, so that's we have this a mixed marriage. And so, see, I only have plain potato chips, not barbecue. <laughs> Yes, is it a European concept or a Jewish concept to be more refined like this? I'm a little unclear. Is it Mama Torah way that your father's living, or is that a European thing? Well, what's what's how are Jews supposed to do? It's it's well, we're learning what a Torah Jew is supposed to do, and and there is that the, the I and you're asking me. I feel that that way is more is certainly more inclined the way that. That I was saying about my father is more of the way that you would see by great people, by tzaddikim, than on the other hand, on the other hand, um, one also has to make other people comfortable and not to feel that you're in an in, in oppressive in, uh, place. But the Torah's view is what the Rebbe is saying. He says, When a person's in his house, he says, he really doesn't think about these things. This much the Rebbe allows. So he says, Viata al to lean over a little bit. In your house, you'll lean over a little bit. Right? In your house, you lean. Like on Pesach night. So the freedom is expressed on Pesach night that you, you sit a little bit like, like that. You can lean over a little bit. You're free in that way. So you feel more free. A slave doesn't do that in front of his master. To, so on Pesach night you lean a little bit and when you're in your house in your own house you can lie down and you're free to talk in your house to say things that you have without making such a cheshm the Rebbe says in Ruchnius in when a person's senses are open, to, to, when you feel so comfortable to look at anything and to hear anything, you don't hold yourself back. To look at things, to see things. It's because you're not with God. You don't feel God's presence. If your eyes are open to look at things, just you, you feel that the world is your house. You feel that you're, in your, you're you feel that you're on your own turf, like you're in your own house. In your own house, you don't feel that anybody's telling you what to do. Who's going to tell me what to do in my house? Who's going to who's watching me in my house? Who's telling me what to do? A chutzpah, telling me what to do in my house. In my house, I do what I want. So that is saying that when a person lives in this way, where his chushim, where his senses. Are, are, where his senses are open and not closed when he lives in such a way. So it means because he doesn't have upon himself the feeling of being some, being in the presence of the most chashiv, of the one who is most chashiv, and being in the presence of of Malchus Shemayim, she'ena nirgash by klal. He doesn't feel it at all. 
Gamle Behelem, which we'll talk about in the next Seif. Not even, not even subconsciously. He doesn't feel that he needs to be careful with what he looks at, or that he needs to hold back what he's saying. Oh, if there's a person that's chashuf, he'll be careful. And that's what Yechonah Mitzake said in the Gemara before he died. He says that halavai, you should have, you should be, you should have more, you should, you should fear Hashem like you fear people, like you fear, like you fear me. You should fear people. You should fear Hakadosh Baruch You should feel that presence of Hakadosh Baruch You never talk in front of your Rebbe that way. You never talk in front of a chash of a person or a king that way. So, so you should fear. You should feel that in your relationship with Hashem as Baruch. But she'en anigas by klal gamle behelam ol ha'adain. If a person doesn't feel the ol, again the weight of the presence of the master. Adain kol ha'aretz baruch hu, the master of the entire world. Baruch hu. That from the whole world, the Baruch Shalom has taken us, the Jewish people, and he's miyached his malchus. He has, he has singled us out as his subjects, and he is our king. Even though, of course, he's the Adain Eilam, he's the king of the entire world. But, his, the, but the business that he has with us is a different business that he has with the whole world. And is miyached malchusis baruch aleinu befrat, and specifically us. Lachen yasa kol mashiyachbais. This person doesn't feel that. He does whatever he, he does whatever he wants. He does whatever he wants. America is a free country. That's what we used to always say when we were little. America is a free country. You do whatever you like. Yasa kol mashiyachbais. Umishum zeh. The fear of God is not before his eyes. Klalu klal at all. Vahainu Hashem. The person's heart doesn't fall, and he doesn't sense. He doesn't feel at all that he's doing something against Hashem's will. His heart doesn't fall means he doesn't get doesn't feel guilty, doesn't feel bad, doesn't get depressed. His heart is uh, fine. Everything's fine. That it's against the Rosh Hashem. Doesn't, doesn't make a chesh, doesn't think about it. He's open for business. He doesn't even realize that he's damaging his nishama l'shachasa. I mean, again, it doesn't mean his deepest nishama, he's not, but that he's damaging himself spiritually. To destroy completely himself. Rahman Lislang. Hashem should protect us. Let's look back at the footnote at the at the note Chav Zayin Chav Ches. Because this Baruch set it up this way, answered from purposely, so we should we should we should look for it and find it, even though it's yeah yeah Machlus Abarotz and Kibbulu Alayim. Yeah, we have to. It's hard that that's because when you see the king and he's in the room, so right, Mela. But if the king if the king is someplace uh, in his palace and you live a thousand miles away, you're still in his kingdom. You live a thousand miles away and you go down to your basement and you take out, you look around. There's no one there. You take out a dartboard with a picture of the king and you throw darts at the, at the picture of the king. It's a mechay. So. If the person who lived a thousand miles away from the king would truly, truly feel the malchus of the king, he wouldn't be able to do that. And malchus come of a come a billion trillion times, which can't even be measured. 
which Ushakaj Baruch Hu is with us in the basement, you know, thousands of miles away from Yushalayim, he's still with us here in the basement, wherever we are, wherever a person is. No matter where a person hides, he's not, he can't hide from Hashem. That feeling of Malchus Shemayim, that's the Bechir that we have. Yeah, Avram? Um, am I not correct to say that the Rebbe is not saying here that there are two aspects of Avoyus Hashem, and one is Anikiyatoy, which is what he's referring to, always fearing, and I'm in front of, and I'm a nani, I'm nobody, but yet Zemir Sayu Chilkecho, where Dover has the ability to break loose in Avoyus Hashem. What he's saying mm-hmm. is that when we're not in Avoyus Hashem, to break loose. Dov breaking, uh, breaking loose, in other words, he's not talking here in this section of the mind, he's not talking about Ahava, we're talking about Yira. Ahava and Yira, love and, Dov kicking off his shoes and, and dancing and so on, it was, it was not, a, it was not a Chas a precas all. It's not a precas all, it's not an unburdening himself of God, it's running towards God. But but there it but it is true that there's a constant tension between those two. That's the nisoy. That's a, right. Not not to get not to get too not to get too heinish, you know. And and Michal was choishet that that's a she because she's from Malchus. She's from Malchus Shaul. She's from the world of Yosef Tzadik, which is Mugda Bechushim. The most Mugda Bechushim. Is the world of is the world of Yosef at Sadik. So Michal, Davar Malach comes to Yehuda, and the, as the Ishbitzer says, the Indian of Yehuda is the Shem Havaya Shavisa Shemenegdi Summit. So Yehuda is sensitive to this moment. God wants me to sing and dance. This moment, Yehuda kicks off. Davar Malach kicks off his shoes and dances and jumps, whereas Michal Bashol Michal is from the world of Yosef at Sadik. Yosef at Sadik is. Mugda Bechushim. He lives in those walls of the of, uh, of Mugda Bechushim, and therefore when Michal looks at David, she feels very upset. She's watching David dancing, and she says, "This is like one of the rakim. This way you go like this. And that's how to serve Hashem like that." Because she was in mean of Isha Yiras Hashem, and Mugda Bechushim, and, uh, and 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 it's something which didn't work. In the world of Yosef at Tzadik, to the degree that it does in the world of of Yehuda, of Davin Amalek. So there's this difficulty between the brothers and Yosef goes back to this Nakuda of the tension between these two ways of Ahava and Yir and and Mashiach ben Dov, Mashiach ben Yosef, and Malchus Yisrael, Malchus Yehuda. It has a lot to do with this this Nakuda. It's a big it's a big Indian. Yaakov. Your daughter at the table one day said the difference between uh, we were asking about uh, uh, moving, uh, shuffling back and forth during davening, and one is for uh, for yira and the other one is for ahava. Ahava, right, right. Moving towards, moving towards is ahava, but realizing that you have to take a step back is yira. And that I mentioned to you, we say that in every bracha. Baruch ata, you're moving towards Hashem. You, but then you say elokeinu melacholim. That's already very impersonal. Melech, king of the world. Atta, you're saying you. And then Melech, Ha'ilam, king of the world. It's, uh, every bracha has not this... You say Adon, before you say king of the world. Yeah. You say Adon, my, my master, which is a closeness. Right. Right. Elokeinu is... is, is already... 
So the, the, there's a, everything is a, the, the, it's that that rush of a shayv is that I have a year to find that balance between I have a year. But here the Rebbe is focusing on good old-fashioned year shemaim and kabbalas amachus shemaim. Look at look at not chav chav ches rei or hatayra for the tzemach tzedek parsha shayftim repairish. All the chassidists I'm talking about, the svasemis, and all the svas I'm talking about, when it says in the, in, over there in Pasha Shaitan that you should appoint judges and officers at all of your gates. The judges and officers at all of your gates, the gates are referring to the openings of the senses, the eyes, the ears, the mouth. You should appoint officers and judges. In other words, you shouldn't look at something without judging whether you should look at this. You shouldn't listen to something. You shouldn't go to listen to something without appointing a judge and an officer at your ears. Again, that, that I, I mentioned, like those custom officials at the ears to see. Should I listen to this? Or shouldn't I listen to this? At the mouth, by the openings, at all of the gates, at all of the gates to have judges, to have officers. Shem shivas hashom the two eyes, shneiros naim. The two ears, the two nostrils, and the mouth. The seven gates. So the person, the person should guard the seven gates. Rabbi Nachman in his Torah says that when you guard the seven gates, then you're able to light the seven candles. He says the face is shaped like a menorah. The face is a menorah, and he says that when you guard the seven gates, then it causes the seven candles of the person's face to shine. And that's the meaning of Bahalois Chesaneris Mulkmehamanoiris. This is a very big tire in that sign. But that's what it means to guard the gates, to appoint officers and, and judges at the gates, the eyes, the ears, the mouth, and so on, the nose. Shem Arba Hachushim. These are the four senses of Riyah, seeing, Shmi, listening, Reach, smelling, and Dibur, speaking. Climber. This means. The same way we have physical gates on the body. The eyes are what goes in and what goes out, and the ears to let in and to let out, and the mouth and so on. All of these are gates of the body. A gate is a place where things come in and go out. Through these openings, Things come into the body and things go out of the body. Kachul v'rochnius. So it is in rochnius. Shekish adam einon nizah. Next page. Shekish adam einon nizah b'hagdoras chushim eila. If a person is not careful to have officers and judges at the openings, at the gates, meaning at his eyes, ears, nose, mouth. Harizagorim shahara yikoneis bipnemiyusai. And that causes, that enables the ra, the evil, to the bad things to come in. Like now, I don't know if they closed it up. I remember Arab Shabbos still, the the border between between Aza and Egypt. You know what happened last week. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one that follows these things. It's that the the wall between Aza and and Egypt, uh, the, some Palestinians uh, broke it down. And they say up to a half a million, up to a half a million uh, Palestinians went into went into Egypt 
to go to get camels and uh, food and bombs. Whiskey. And uh, yeah. yesterday they closed all the stores. Who, the Egyptians? Yeah, because they said if there's nothing to buy, maybe they'll go home. Yeah, what about you? Only only Jews are supposed to be humanitarians. So this was this was an interesting. It's a very very. If it wouldn't be so dangerous, we could actually enjoy it. The problem with, of course, the problem with that is that it's the the pachet, as always, is that the second that an Arab has an opening in the border, it means that there's all kinds of bad stuff that's coming in, that's coming back into it to sell. That's otherwise. Oh, if they would leave, the Egyptians would the Egyptians would never keep them there. Even though the, by the Arabs it's a, it's a WDU that the, at least the Egyptians usually don't murder, don't kill the Palestinians. They're the most tolerant of Palestinians, the Egyptians. That's a WDU because many of them, Zaydis and Babis, they're, they're, they're more tolerant. Hashanah came by the others, the Syrians and the Jordanians, they were, they were shechting them. They were, they were shechting the Palestinians. The, the, the Jews are the most humanitarian. So, so what happened is that they, this border is open and so the Israelis are saying, oh, so everybody, you're, you're saying that uh, you're worried about the Palestinians. What's going to happen to the Palestinians? Here you have an open border, and the Egyptians can now take care of the, they could take care of all of the people in Aza. All the Palestinians they could take care of, which is, which is not what the, what the Egyptians want. You know, so they, close to half a million Palestinians were going there to, to get stuff. So it's a, it, it's a pachet. When the border is open, you don't know. You don't know what's going to... You're right. If after they all left, you could have just closed things up and said bye-bye, that would have been great. But that's not what's going on. They're coming back and forth. They've got to be safe. And, and all kinds of criminals. And who knows what's going on over there? Who's coming in? What kind of things are going to go on from this? Um, but but, but it's, it's still open there? They didn't close that? No, it's still... They opened the book up another piece the other day. Yeah? And bulldozed another those, those so are the Israelis doing it, but they're just watching? They're not doing anything? No. They're pressure on Egypt. They do that exerting, very well. They're exerting pressure on Egypt. But those two, those two uh, terrorists that came into... Yeah. Uh, into... Um, the people, the people, the people, they, were, they were let out from jail two, a week before. I, I know, because my, my mm -hmm. cousin was one of the Rosh, is one of the Russian shivas in, in the yeshiva. Yeah? Yeah. It was a whole next the way that worked out. I don't know if you heard of them. What was the nace? The nace was that all the boys from the yeshiva were in, were in, uh, were in a shear that was being given just for them in the base, main base of Medrash. And all the madrichim were in a live in the library on the side, um, at, having some meeting. And these two terrorists walked in to the meeting. And at first they said, hands up, and whatever, one was holding a knife, one was holding a gun. And they watched because they, um, the madrichim thought he was joking. Because the, one's the guy's on Shmira, and they figured the guy's coming in to make light sonus. When he said it again, they realized that he wasn't making light sonus. One of the Madrichim jumped him. He got stabbed in the, in the hand, but there was a surface wound. All the, all the ones more or less surface wounds. And two of the, two of the other Madrichim pulled out their guns and killed him. So it was, it was amazed that, that they, they didn't walk into the... Into, into the, 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 the best Madrich. Yeah. They could have got to be started shooting. These, these, these were Madrichim. They were already older. They were already trained. They went to oh. the army. So, so. Oh, I didn't, I didn't the know that. The gun that the terrorists had wasn't even real. The what? The gun wasn't even real. They were hoping to get a real gun when they got there. Yeah. They had a knife and a fake gun. And then what happens, what happens is that when, when, when the Israelis do that, 
So the Me'abs get very, very angry and they're going to retaliate. Yeah. I, I, am, I, I, am I the only one who thinks this way? Like, what, what are you, like when, we, when, when, Eden, when, when we're getting bombed, thousands of bombs in Stavog, but then if you, like kill, if you kill the mastermind terrorist, so then, they, then they say, you, we're going to retaliate because we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to say, kill us. And if we fight them, if you do anything, they get Meshuggah to, to retaliate. Maybe that's like what you talked about living with the Galachim. Maybe it's just not something they understand. They don't, they don't understand that. That's the, the that's the peril of them. That's the peril of them. Yeah. So the the border being open is you don't know what's coming in, what's going out. Then there are people that live that way. It's only a marshal. What what you see? That's a marshal that between Aza and and uh, and, and Egypt, so, such uh, fine neighbors that. That the borders open and what's coming in and what's going out, and a person lives that way when he has open borders. What comes in and what goes out, there's no, there's nobody there. There's nobody standing there. There's no wall. What goes in and what comes out, that's what he's saying. So there's anything bad. The person's open. The borders are open. You can bring in from Egypt. You can bring in from anything you want. The borders are open. Chavtes. Even though, of course, Hashem is king of the entire world, Hashem in particular is Miyached his Malchus. Al Ama Yisrael Bechlal and the Jewish people Bechlal va'alav and each and each individual Jew Bechalach Yisrael Befrat that each person should feel that way. And the Jewish people is Miyached in Ishmael, and he's miached his name upon us, and each and every person. Each Jew is supposed to feel that the world mamish was created for him. He's supposed to feel that the malchus is that there's a personal malchus that Hashem has over him. For who, gamhu mekabel alav malchusai, and each individual Jew has to mekabel malchus shemayim. Leah is melech alav to be his king. And to do Hashem's will with all call me anything whatever the evidence, whatever an evidence told to do he does as the Tanya says over there call that's what have, that's what a person has to do okay Baruch Hashem we'll continue uh, not next Monday the following Monday we'll continue with the, 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 the